listening to Grace Matters, conversations establishing believers in the truth. This week, we had the privilege of hosting Hannah McGurk from TWR Motion. TWR, or Trans World Radio, is a long-standing ministry serving the globe through radio broadcasts, specifically radio broadcasts of the gospel and biblical content. We have two folks here at our church who are part of TWR, and they serve here at the Cary campus, which is one of the main bases for the globe. We began the night a little differently for a Grace Matters meeting. We watched a documentary film together, or rather a short film developed by TWR Motion. I would highly recommend that you check out this short film, either on YouTube by looking up The Best Possible Idea, or check the direct link that's in the show notes. After you've watched this film, I think you'll be provoked just as we were to consider the ways that art and media and technology can become tools for engaging with people and sharing the gospel. We had a great conversation following the film, and hopefully you'll be brought into this conversation through listening to this panel discussion. And feel free to ask us any questions you might have. More on that after the panel. All right, so yeah, to connect on Slido, just go to slido.com and use the clever uh, password, Grace Matters. And that way you can throw in any questions that you might have if we have time. So we may not actually end up having enough time for that because I've got plenty of questions uh, already. Um, And it's already seven o'clock. So one of the things that I wanna throw out though is making sure everybody knows who everybody is. Don't wanna take any of that uh, on assumption. So if you didn't know, this is Neil Manning, one of our elders. Um, Neil also serves um, on the global IT department at TWR. And so that is an important thing. We want to make sure that we know as a church body. So the recorded version of this, this part of the podcast, uh, if you didn't know that about Neil, now you do. Also, Bob Thorpe, who serves on our creative arts team, usually in the back, quietly, whose wife, Kelly, also serves in children's ministry. Um, Bob and Kelly are members at Grace. He's the fin- one of the financial managers. I don't know exactly what your job title was, Bob, but um, he handles the money for TWR. And before taking the desk jockey job, Bob lives in Guam and Singapore and Bonaire, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. And then who you know we met just a little bit earlier and was in the video, if you're paying attention, is uh, Hannah McGurk, who is ministry mobilizer and an illustrator for TWR. My name is David. I'm pastor for Creative Arts. So, uh, man, there's a lot in there to chew on. So thank you guys for putting that together um, so that, because clearly those things have been happening for several years, but obviously not here because we have our own little bubbles of social media that we're invested in. Um, but to see those things playing out in missions organizations around the world is really fascinating. Um, so where all, uh, clearly that video pointed out Europe was a, a big target area, but where else in the world are, the, are we seeing these shifts in predominant media uh, in addition to Europe? Are there any other places that are like really key target areas that um, you're beginning to create contextualized media for? Um, yeah, so the first series, the Share the Story series, that was um, 20 episodes of animated Bible stories. That was made originally for a church in North Africa, and um, it was mostly, um, it's created for people coming from a Muslim worldview. 
But because that one, um, because again, they're animated, it's now in, I think, 11 languages that are being used by other church planters. And we have at least 10 more in the works. We have um, a member of our team that his specific role is adapting and working with the church planners who are asking us for that content. So that's our, our main one for a Muslim worldview. We also have a discipleship series that we created specifically for a group that is um, using it as part of their curriculum, but it's being asked for by other church planters as well. And there's 12 of those episodes that um, basically take people who come from a Muslim background, they're new believers, they're dealing with things in their life as new believers, struggles that they're going through, and they're telling their personal stories, which are very impactful to other believers, new believers, um, about how God met them there. Um, and that's called He Changed Me. That's a new series that we just finished. And then this year, we actually, our team just got back from Thailand, and we are working with a church planting group there to create a new um, series of 20 animated Bible stories that go from creation to the cross um, and actually into Revelation this time, which is pretty exciting. And that is for people coming from a Buddhist worldview. So once that's finalized, we're hoping in the next two years to have those finished up. We'll start, we're going to have them adapted by that date in five languages. So not just for Thailand, but for some of the areas around it in um, Southeast Asia. And then we're hopefully going to continue adapting that into new languages. So, yeah. And most of us are familiar with seeing people on smartphones everywhere we go, uh, driving, and uh, everywhere else. And so it's not a, a shocking thing per se. But then I think a lot of us also have in our imagination this idea of other countries, particularly you know third world countries, where they may not have power or water, um, but there may be smartphones in their hands. Um, and so I know that Ted can bear testimony to that from his time in Suriname, um, some of the things that he's seen over the years with the way that uh, technology and culture adapts itself into, into the bush. And so um, the growth of these forms of media is in some ways inevitable. So it's, a, it's very interesting to me to see you know, TWR uh, focusing down on the acronym and not necessarily making a big deal about the, the radio part. It's very similar to TVR, Christian Camp, um, which was Teen Valley Ranch, but we don't talk about teens and valleys in that way, so we just shrink it down to the acronym and focus on that. And so with TWR, focusing, like shifting from, in some ways, radio to media. So is radio just dead? Like, are you guys gonna still do it? Uh, I'm being no, facetious. Definitely being, okay. not. Um, radio is still very, very effective in reaching beyond barriers because, you know, you think about a lot of these countries where you cannot get people, physical missionaries in. They're just not allowed in. Radio can get in. And that's where people are still constantly writing in telling us that they've listened to our radio programs and they've changed their life and they're walking through discipleship stories that are helping them grow as new believers in a place that they would never have access to an actual believer to do that with them. And they're starting their own little home churches and using our radio programs to listen to and grow in scripture. So it's still very, very effective. The media that we're embracing now, like you said, it's inevitable. We're just going with the times and we're seeing yep. the need and we're meeting them there in that. So yeah, radio is definitely. One thing I'm excited about is um, it, we're not leaving off radio, but actually building beyond it. And um, one thing that I, I mentioned to my father-in-law, who was a big ham radio guy, and I know we've got several in, in the church, 
who operate their own radios and antennas and transmitters and those sorts of things. And something they've been using in the that civilian side for years is digital radio. And you know, some cars hmm. have it now where you have a digital tuner on your radio. So we're able now to um, use radio digitally and send content along with the audio. So people in the bush with these uh, digital antennas now um, connected to their smartphones yeah. can receive perhaps the study notes or the biblical passage that the pastor is speaking about that they're hearing. Uh, so there's all sorts of neat things that don't do away with radio, but actually build on it as a, a media. And, and Jim, Jim asked us earlier if we were excited about tonight. And that video, hearing that wide net being cast yeah. and how God is using it so effectively, that's exciting. Yeah. Um, what is the most challenging thing then of building a team right now with TWR Motion? What has been the most challenging thing? Personnel, content, uh, connecting to the other pieces of TWR as an organization. Like what, what's been the most challenging thing? I think it's not it's not necessarily challenging. It's I think having people join our team is is obviously what we need because we're a team of five people. We have two that can three that can illustrate. She's a contract one of us a contracted artist that lives in Canada. So we don't have very many illustrators. We're learning how to animate as we go. We're learning how to illustrate as we go. So we are always looking for people who have any kind of a background in journalism. We need that marketing side of it in adapting the series in any sort of video production or people that are just excited about what we're doing. Um, but the more of us there are, the more we can actually create these videos and get them out to in the church planters in, a, in larger droves. Um, so we are a small team, but um, I don't think, I think more than anything, we need the people to come that are responding to the Great Commission, that have a heart for doing this, but we also need prayer partners and we need people who, well, first of all, you can sign up for our newsletter if you wanna know how to pray intentionally for us. We've put a little QR code card on your, on your chairs to make it easy for you. Um, but we also have a physical sign-up sheet over there if you wanna just jot your name down if, if this isn't really your thing, <laughs> computers and phones, which is understandable. Um, but yeah, we need prayer partners and then just, you know, people that are willing to partner with us financially to help actually create these videos. So, yeah. Um, one of the other things that's been interesting to me is, uh, being reminded of how global uh, TWR functions with this, you know, little little base building being in Cary, North Carolina. So, just recently, I'm going to rope in Bob and Neil a little bit here. Uh, they, Neil got to go on a field trip uh, for work, and in doing so, he was able to experience something that Bob got to live with. Um, and so, where in the world is Bonaire? And why is it important? Well, I think I had this question coming, so I, I included some some pictures to kind of give us a uh, an insight into what Bonaire is. And it is a harsh, desolate rock in the. Um, are you showing the right pictures? Is it is it this one? 
As I was saying, uh, only the most dedicated of missionaries sold. Okay, you're showing my uh, vacation <laughs> pictures here. Okay, so let's start over. Bonaire is a, a wonderful island uh, just off the, the coast of Venezuela. So really close to South America, but in the Caribbean. And it's a state now of the Netherlands. So it's the Dutch Antilles. And I believe this year will mark 60 years that TWR has been operating on the island. And I'll let Bob go into to more of it, but you can see on the, the map why that location is strategic because the AM towers are able to project in different directions, both to the Caribbean islands, to Latin America, and even down into South America, including Suriname with um, four or five languages being broadcast. And it is the most powerful transmitter in the hemisphere located right there, broadcasting the good news of, of Jesus to, to millions. So it's a, a wonderful um, location for doing just that. And it I is appreciate that map especially. That was fascinating to me because I'd had conversations with both Bob and you at different times over the last couple of years. Because um, like when Bob said, oh, I used to live here and here and here, I'm like, whoa, I haven't heard of that one or that one. So of course I got out Google and I was looking these things up. Um, but then to just to visualize in that way, like the scope of where the radio can reach um, all the way into the Gulf. And as you said, all the way into the Amazon, like the deepest parts of the Amazon. So again, as for those of us who remember, you know, Ted and Art and Evie and uh, and Roy and Margaret and the spaces that they've been in are in that lower section of this kind of Venn-ish diagram of overlapping radio power, where you can see French Guiana, Suriname, Guiana, and then all the way down where those rivers go into Brazil. Those are there are literally unreached people groups still in the Amazon there. Um, but as we reach them with just one radio, <laughs> they would be able to hear the gospel um, in, in languages that are related to theirs. And again, there's like languages need to be translated still and all kinds of work to be done in that space. But yeah, was really, I really appreciate that map to be able to visualize what that little island can do uh, with that transmitter. I don't want to sidetrack the conversation, but TWR is partnering with one of the missionaries who grew up in Suriname that Ted worked alongside of in order for the, uh, the, the, the Indians, the natives there, to build their own FM tower to communicate among their villages. Oh, so that's, that, cool. that's a really neat partnership. Uh, and, and it happens because of those four lightsabers you see sticking up there. Those are the, the towers on the south uh, part of the, the Bonaire Island. And based on how they power them, they can transmit in those different directions. And it's just amazing to me how God has created these airwaves that are constantly flowing around us and the, the ionosphere and the atmosphere, how all these things work together in order to project uh, the, the good news. Well, Bob, what were you doing when you were in Bonaire? So uh, we moved there from Sri Lanka uh, off the coast of Indi India. Uh, when we moved there, uh, I was responsible for putting those towers up, oh, wow. uh, maintaining a transmitter that the current 450 kilowatt transmitter, I put a 100 kilowatt transmitter in there to replace an old, salt, uh, old vacuum tube transmitter. So uh, we took the old towers down. It used to be a shortwave site. Uh, and then we had the medium wave 
And we stuck with just the medium wave, took all the shortwave towers down because we we're told shortwave was no longer effective, which wasn't really true, but right. it was misconstrued inside Transworld Radio because we believed what was happening in Europe was true globally, not true. Uh, but we took all the shortwave towers down, so shortwave actually switched to our partner in Brazil who bought their own shortwave transmitter to reach their area, which we were no longer broadcasting to from Bonaire. Okay. But I maintained the transmitter the whole time I was there, 11 years, installed the new solid state because it was more effective and much cheaper to run. Uh, the old tube transmitter, the tube cost $125,000. We replaced it every three years. Oh my goodness. So putting a new solid state transmitter in, which the maintenance uh, normally runs about $50 a year. Oh wow. Uh, so it was a drastic difference in cost of running yeah. the transmitter. That's another interesting illustration of the, the ways that technology changes as well. Like over time, the cost of working things went from 120 to 50. Um, but as that technology is shifting, it also makes it more viable to send video content over less data. You know, that's why we're seeing the ability to send more and more video in more and more places because it doesn't take quite as it doesn't take a gig to send a, a video out. Instead, you can send it in a, in a GIF and and almost communicate the same amount of content. And so that's that's really fascinating to see that price jump <laughs> to make things more effective. And Bob, was that about 25 or 30 years ago that that, that technological uh, switch was made? So we Put the new transmitter in 1999. Uh, so that was in there for 20 years. We said when we put the transmitter in, it had to be viable for 20 years. So basically, they replaced it at 19 years. Uh, put the new one in because when we dropped from 450, well, it was a 500 kilowatt transmitter. We dropped it to 100 kilowatts. Not what we wanted to do, but it was priced so that we were told we would drop that much, and the engineer said it would still be effective to reach the area. Right, so it's still hitting all those areas. It was not as effective, okay. because when you drop from 500 kilowatts to 100 kilowatts, you drop several dB. So you yep. drop, the signal to the Amazon region was not as strong. Okay. So our current president said we're gonna boost it back up and put the new transmitter in, so once we went to solid state, we could go, instead of just modulating at 95%, we could modulate at 125%, which said we had a strong signal, but not as strong as the old transmitter. Okay. So we put a new one in, and now we have a great signal into the Amazon region. Bonaire is 1,000 miles, 1,000 kilometers from Manaus and 1,000 from Havana. So it's based, it's halfway between the two. So Manaus is the center of the Amazon, and Havana, obviously, is Cuba. So it gives us a good signal between those two regions. Yeah. So when I did that, basically, I put in the solid state transmitter. The old transmitter was, uh, it was a used transmitter that we bought in South Africa, moved it to Bonaire. It was old. That's why we had to replace it. Yeah. Put a solid state transmitter in, and I'm going, what am I going to do at the end of this? So I took a finance course, correspondence, because this was before internet. So I took a finance course, and after 11 years on Bonaire, they asked me to go to Singapore to do finance. And so now I do finance in Transworld Radio after maintaining transmitters for 18 years. That is a, that's quite a pivot, <laughs> to put it lightly. Yeah, a little bit of a pivot. But 
now, like, that's so interesting, though, because you know when someone's submitting, like, their expense reports, <laughs> you know what, what exactly they needed to do whatever job because you've done it. You've been on the field in that way. So thank you for serving the Lord like that in all those different places. Um, so, Neil, what were you doing then when you visited? Were you, like, cleaning up messes that Bob left? Were you finding <laughs> yeah. little notes that he left on things? Like, plug this everywhere. in here, don't turn this off. Like, did you find that kind of stuff? Well, um, it was interesting because exactly what he's describing, that technological shift that happened some 20 years ago, uh, it, we are experiencing the after effects now because then uh, the maintenance required for, for that technology was reduced, so the personnel on the island w was reduced. So they're, they're left with more or less a skeleton crew for these last several years. And uh, what I was doing there with... Uh, a co-worker is, is Brad, that, that guy on the left of this picture, who has been serving in TWR for 46 years, and I believe all on, all on Bonaire. On Bonaire. Oh, wow. Uh, so he was one of the few who remained on Bonaire after that drawdown took place. But he's getting ready to return to the States. And return is kind of a, a strange thing to say right. after 46 years. <laughs> wow. He's getting ready to repatriate to the, to the States. And he was our eyes and ears and sometimes the hands of the IT team for the staff on Bonaire. So we were um, just getting inventory of hardware and just seeing what we have in place as far as the, the infrastructure. But then also... Um, establishing relationships because we don't see these guys in person very often and they we need them to know that we're their support we are truly a, a global team uh, so it was partly technology to get inventory of, of what's going on now that Brad will be leaving but also to build those relationships and we see uh, both in homes as well as in daily devotions it's a truly multinational uh, team we've got there that picture has Two Americans, as well as one from the Netherlands, and a guy who actually is native to Bonaire, who's probably been working there nearly as long as, as anyone's been working with, with TWR. So it was just a great team to, to get to know in person and worship with them in the, it's officially called the, the International Church. Uh, so it was just a good time of establishing those relationships. And one of the other coworkers that we have, who's actually getting ready to retire, told me that she would prefer every missionary staff member at TWR within the first couple of years of working to visit one of the transmitter sites because it's there that you see the impact. The towers, the transmitters, the team that keeps things going. Uh, I would imagine very similar to the, the animation team where that's, that's where the rubber meets the road as far as the, the radio waves are concerned. Uh, so it was truly a blessing. We went down there to to, to let them know that we can help them, but they are continuing to help us and not just radio going out thousands of kilometers, but um, establishing connections with pastors and, and uh, other folks on the island as well. Yeah. And I'm sure that everybody on our mission team would love to uh, go visit the site, make sure everything's working like it should, uh, just like you got to do, Neil. Uh, but it's also, again, fascinating that we have the ability to drive to carry and check in on TWR Motion and see the work that's being done there and encourage that team. So 
what kind of tools have you guys established in the studio there? So obviously we're talking about transmitters and power and uh, towers and such for the radio portion of TWR, but what, what are the tools that you're messing with? We saw some of it in the video, but what are the things that you're using? Um, primarily we use the Adobe Creative Cloud suite. I don't know if you guys are familiar with that, but things like Photoshop for um, the actual illustrating and drawing on tablets. And then um, once we've drawn the images, we take them into a program called After Effects, and that allows us to um, cause m movement throughout a period of time with those images. Um, and then after that, we use other Adobe programs and maybe jumping into different programs in the future to put the videos together and add in the audio from the voiceover from the that the church planners have provided for us. And um, so the church planners will provide the voiceover a lot of time. Yep. Yeah, we will um, work directly with that church planning group to make sure that the the voiceover is relatable. It's um, in a context that they can actually resonate with really well and it, we test it a lot Al along with the scripts that we create we make sure that we're testing um, the sound of the voice to make sure that people are responding well to it yeah so, yeah um, one last question I have and then we'll hit a couple of these that have been coming in are um, I, I'm a nerd on all levels and one of those levels is theological so I've never you know associated TWR with any particular denominational tradition or anything so um, from that perspective, though, who, who helps vet the, the theology that's being uh, put into the content for either radio broadcast or TWR motion? Who, who's helping? What kind of team is there? Like, who makes the secret sauce that you guys put into this? Like, who's, who's involved in that? Well, I know for TWR motion specifically, um, it starts with scripture because we're using Bible stories. Okay. And so it starts with scripture and we train, they start in that local language that we're working with for that specific church planner. They take those stories. A lot of times they're already oral stories because they've been working with someone like Wycliffe right. or Pioneer. And so they have the stories, they put them into a context that is applicable to that culture. And they specifically pick stories from the Bible that will resonate really well with those people. And then once they've created the scripts, they will take um, a strategic group of non-believers from that culture and test the story out on them and, and say, you know, well, are you retaining what you're hearing? Can you repeat back to me some of the, the story so that I can tell you're understanding it? Is it translating differently so that the story actually doesn't really make any sense? Does the you know woman at the well make any sense to this culture? Yeah. That kind of thing. And then um, a lot of times that that is with like Wycliffe or some, some people that okay. already have all of those resources. And the cool thing about doing it that way is it keeps it very contextualized for that people group. Yeah. Um, but when they're actually testing it with the non-believers, a lot of times that adds in that component of face-to-face -face evangelism because the people start asking questions and become saved through that process. And actually, um, that's just a wonderful bonus. So. Yeah, that's really that's <laughs> yeah. great to hear that kind of partnership with those on-the-ground folks in those church planning situations. I can't imagine that that's how it would work for radio content, though. Not in the same way, at least. Um, how Do you guys know how things are vetted before they're uh, sent to the stations to be broadcast out? I, I don't know the particulars. Uh, I do appreciate the collaboration that we have with, with other mission organizations, and I have yep. also appreciated the, uh, the, the partnership among the, the TWR teams, because everyone I've talked to, we may go to different churches, 
even different denominations, and yet there's there's harmony among everyone. Um, so when I initially came on board with uh, TWR, I looked at some of the programs that we were broadcasting, and I uh, just wanted to see, okay, what, what kind of stuff are they actually sending out? Yeah. And these are things, most of them are, are programs you would hear here in the States from uh, the, the Christian station. And uh, I, so I don't know who that guy is or who that team is that makes the decisions, but I think there would be a, a collaboration uh, not only among our folks, but uh, even with those who are producing the content as well. Is that right? Yeah. Back when we were on the field, we knew more about it. Uh, so we'd work with Through the Bible, J. Vern McGee, those teams, Chuck Swindoll. We worked directly with those teams. I know that my wife used to go ahead and do back translations. So we'd get a producer to go ahead and translate and produce the program. And then we'd have somebody would go ahead and take it to somebody outside uh, TWR and have them translate it from the language that it was translated into back into English. And then Kelly would go ahead and look at the original uh, script uh, sermon and the back translation and go ahead and see how well it matched up. Yeah, that's a good see. quality assurance check. It was just quality assurance to make and sure. If you haven't watched, it, there are videos on Google or on YouTube. Like people do this with like song lyrics, translate it into Spanish and then back into English. And usually it's hilarious. But this is not supposed to be hilarious. This it's is supposed to be lining up with what was intended to be communicated. The only thing that could change was the illustrations that could be adapted to the culture. Okay because you can't take a lot of what works here and have it work in another culture. Hmm. So those were the only things that were supposed to be deviated. Yeah. The rest of it was supposed to be exactly what the scripture says. That's one of the things we talked about a little bit in the, uh, the young adult conference last month was the fact that humor, idioms, illustrations don't always translate well, if at all. And so that makes sense that that would be the thing you would need to make sure you're you're recontextualizing as necessary to, to get the content through. That's really cool. Um, we've got a couple things. Uh, so yeah, some of the other ministries mentioned in the video, the media to movement. Um, I feel like there's another one too. How are all those things connected um, with, with TWR Motion? Well, they uh, the media to movements and the other, um, the the university that they go through yeah. to kind of teach them how to actually um, strategize. The main goal is that we work with the church planners to get them the content, the video that they need to put online. And then they work with groups like the university and the media to movements to figure out a digital strategy. Like if, so we have this content, how do we make sure that it's actually being utilized like that net instead of just like a fishing pole? And so, um, they are not necessarily, you know, part of our team. They're separate teams, but they work very closely with the church planners to make sure that they're not only building the websites that they're putting the video content onto, but how they follow up starting online and ending up in person with with the new people who are seeking. So this is a good one. How many different media platforms have you guys have been able to track this at all? Like have has your content ended up on? Clearly we saw Facebook was a big deal and they mentioned Twitter. Um, are there, how many platforms do you, can you think of that, like, is it 
pushed to YouTube specifically, or do you leave all of that to those church planters? Yep, we let the church planters decide what their specific country or culture is on the most. Um, like when we were in Thailand this year, they were telling us that people use Facebook more than they use online websites. So if you're like trying to go to a grocery store, or trying to go to um, a restaurant, and you want to know details about that. Usually here we type into Google and we'd pull up that restaurant and be like, oh, here's the reviews, here's how you get to it. No, it's all on Facebook. So it depends on the culture. They'll determine Ugh. where the people are that they're gonna meet and how to get those ads out there. That's where Media to Movement, yeah. that's where the university helps. It just really, if they're strategic about it, it could be anywhere. It could be okay. YouTube, it could be Facebook, it could be anything. Well, well how long for, like how long are the typical episodes you might produce? About three to five minutes. We like to keep okay. it below five minutes yeah. for each episode. Yeah. Okay. So it's still a little too long for TikTok, but it could, <laughs> it could launch from there. Well, the part of that is making teasers and trailers for right. them. Yeah. yeah. So that they can, you know, just get a quick glimpse of it and then take them to the actual website where they can watch the full series. Oh, this is another good one. This is a nerd one. I like this. Is there is there a worry about... So one of the things I mentioned, we're in North Africa, this or this country that's largely Muslim, like our websites were being blocked, but they had someone who was willing to put their name to a story for one of those first ad things. Like, is there a worry though about safety for people who would then click on that ad to see like someone who is a Muslim uh, non-believer, but they are interested and so they click on it. And is the governments in some of these places, are they tracing IPs? Uh, are there things that are, are the stakes that high in some of these places or not? That is something that the church planner has to take into consideration when they're in the way that they're producing or presenting the videos. Um, but honestly, like with for this woman specifically who is willing to share her name, they know that testimony, personal testimony, is super impactful, especially in a Muslim environment. Right. They can, like you heard in the video, if they can see somebody that's, like them that's now a Jesus follower, that's a huge deal for them. They recognize that it's worth it. And so people are that, they're seeking that hard. They are willing to deal with the issues that may arise from it because they they want to know more about Jesus or they're specifically seeking an answer about the Bible or, yeah, so it just becomes worth it to them. It's a different world. I'll jump in and say, yeah. even from the, the IT side, that uh, we, we create pseudonym accounts for some of our staff that are uh, ministering in some of these more sensitive regions. And we have mm -hmm. domains that are not obviously and directly tied to TWR so they can operate and establish online those relationships that hopefully go offline uh, in a more safe manner. Hmm. Yeah, so it's all, this is maybe too nerdy of a question, but is all the like content that you've created hosted on servers here or are you giving and are you giving it to these different church planners to find their own host places in order to share stuff or like, yeah, we do, we do give them the videos and then okay. they can, we have them ourselves. And then, you know, after they sign these release papers, they can have them and okay. put them where they need to put them. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. All this, all these things are traceable. It is, it is a web. Um, so last question before we close out, Bob, did you have to climb the towers after you built them? Uh, I don't believe I climbed the towers on Bonaire. I used to climb the towers in Sri Lanka, which were ta taller towers, and I used to go up and change light bulbs and stuff. 
and that picture is deceiving because they are all vertical straight towers. Right, right, right. <laughs> Man. All right. So uh, lastly, before I, before I pray for us, obviously uh, Hannah and uh, Rachel are both here and hanging out, and we have been blessed with Neil and Bob long-term anyway, so ask them questions. They would love to talk to you more about the different ways that they are serving the Lord through art and media and technology. Um, but Hannah did uh, want to invite us to continue to help. So how might we do that? Well, primarily what we're hoping is to get people to join what we call the crew. Um, and the crew is basically a way that you can give, you can commit to giving a monthly, just like you would with a missionary, but for the, the whole motion team. So one of the things that is unique about our team is that everyone on our team is actually, we're already fully funded. We have missionaries or missionary supporters back in our hometowns or here that actually support us financially every month. So the money that ends up coming in through the crew actually will be funding the production of the actual videos. So you're going to get to be a part of that part of it, actually creating the video content. And I mean, because we are self-funded as missionaries, um, we're able to charge church planners a lot less for videos. We have um, a friend that w went with us, uh, was with us this last week, just kind of working on the art side of it. And he's um, a secular artist. He does animations in the secular world. He was saying it takes um, $60,000 for a secular video to produce one minute of animation. Yep. And we can do that one minute. It's um, about 13000 3,000 for us, sorry. Oh, wow. The numbers here, 3,000 per minute for us. So 60,000 versus 3,000. So the donations that we get through the crew, you know, we are paying a lot of attention on making sure that it goes to the church planners and gets those that video content out to them. So, yeah. I can imagine there's a, a lot of artistically inclined people who will either uh, hear tonight or will listen to this. How can you encourage them to what would be their next steps if they wanted to use their gifts um, for serving the Lord in various capacities? Um, I think the best thing is uh, if you're local, come see us. Come hang out with us at the Cary office. We're always happy to show you kind of the, the nerdy stuff that we do. But you can also just go to our website, twrmotion.org, and um, reach out to any, any one of us on there. There's a contact button that you can click and just let us know what you're interested in, what makes your heart beat faster when you think about being a part of that kingdom work. Because honestly, we can use anybody. Maybe we need more specific roles within TWR Motion, but TWR as a whole is just, I mean, you heard you can go from climbing towers to doing finance. Like it doesn't, it doesn't matter. I learned, I do have a photography degree, but I learned to do all of the illustration and animation here doing these, doing these episodes. So nothing is... You don't have to come in with everything. Just come in with a heart for missions. And yeah. That's great. Well, let me uh, close us and then we can linger and have conversation. <clears throat> God, we thank you that somebody told us about Jesus. We thank you for those who preach the gospel from pulpits, those who preach the gospel in their homes, those who preach the gospel through these different media, whether it's broadcasted 
thousands of miles over radio waves or embedded and animated in a video or in an ad. We thank you for these church planters and uh, those that they're discipling in areas where it is uh, not as easy or open to follow Jesus. Pray that you would sustain them, give them joy in their salvation. Uh, we pray that you'd be glorified in all the tasks that TWR has sought to accomplish for the building of your kingdom and for the edification of your people. Thank you so much for Neil and Bob and the various ways that they serve and have served. And pray that they too would find deep joy in the tasks that they accomplish in global IT and in finance. God, we thank you for Hannah as uh, being able to spend time with us tonight. And we pray for her and her team as they continue uh, to grow and to, to grow in their skills, to grow in wisdom, to grow in uh, networking with organizations and churches around the world. We pray that you would continue to give each of us uh, wisdom and discernment for understanding how to navigate social media, how to use it as a tool and not be used by it. Uh, may we have eyes to see you and ears to hear you in all the different ways that you might speak. And that might be through some elements of social media, but it is certainly through uh, your word and through your people and through your Holy Spirit. We love you and we thank you for uh, the privilege that it is to gather and to talk about this stuff and to celebrate what you're doing through your people for your glory and our good. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. There were so many interesting things to consider through the course of this conversation and obviously given to us to chew on through that video. Again, if you haven't had a chance to watch it, feel free to look it up on YouTube or check the link in the show notes to watch the best possible idea. We hope to have further conversations about this kind of thing through the course of Grace Matters. Uh, we have in the past with regard to social media, uh, but it's it bears more thought after thinking through those ways that it might be used to share the gospel. If you have any questions that you'd like for us to chew on and maybe shoot back an answer or have a podcast about it, send an email to gracematters at graceccnc.org. You've been listening to Grace Matters, conversations establishing believers in the truth.